Welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm Michelle Davey. And I'm Christelle. And it's Monday the 29th of March. The start of World Autism Awareness Week. And this is the Let's Talk Autism podcast marathon. This week, as part of the National Autistic Society's Super 7 Challenge, we will be recording seven podcasts a day for the seven days of World Autism Awareness Week. That's 49 podcasts in a week. It sure is. We better get on with it, Christelle. Let's go. Roll tiles. <laughs> Welcoming on to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm super excited. We have got our Thai correspondent and oh. researcher, <laughs> aka one of my very, very bestest friends, Mr. Henry Woodland. Hello, Mr. Henry Woodland. Hi, Henry. Hello, hello, hello ladies. How are you? Good. Good. We're excited to learn all about what you're going to be telling us about today on the Let's Talk Autism podcast marathon. Okay. Well, I suppose that quite a lot of the time you get guys coming on and women as well, excuse me, and they come and talk about their personal experience to autism and mental health. And one of the things that I thought that might have been missing from your, your podcast was talking, I suppose, about kind of like a cultural perspective to mental health. Now, what do we mean by a cultural perspective to mental health? So I suppose when we look back in history, and kind of like the history of mental health in general, there are lots of strange kind of considerations that were made about things like autism. And in the United Kingdom, I suppose you could suggest that like mental health conditions were possibly treated as some sort of like having a connection to a demon or like some sort of possession might have been occurring and this was before kind of western psychiatry was able to create models for assessing mental health and understanding the symptoms and the conditions more closely now when for example like we talk about thailand and we talk about um like thailand's cultural perspective to mental health we might think that like, well, Thailand's very different to us anyway. They live a different, in a different way. They live a different culture to us. They have a different religion. And so like when they encountered mental health, they would have a different perspective to how, how, like, how we see it. Now I want to talk, like, I want, I want to state from the start and that like, that's not the case how it is now. Nowadays they have access and they have developed kind of their own, like, like they have the proper treatment and the proper remedies that exist just like we do in the UK and the services that they do provide out in places like Bangkok um, and maybe in Chiang Mai hospitals, they'll be absolutely excellent. Um, and there'll be a great kind of understanding of how to treat mental health conditions. But in the past, like it wasn't the same. So there's evidence from over two centuries ago of kind of temple-based treatment of mental disorders with traditional massages and medicine, excuse me. So Western psychiatry, like what we know as it today, which is often referred to as kind of like the moral treatment of um, kind of health conditions, was introduced by one particular missionary doctor. Now, we all know what a missionary doctor is, right? Like, like have either of, no, okay. So a missionary doctor is usually like someone who would travel from the United Kingdom or maybe the United States where they would practice kind of like their belief in Christ or in God. And they would take 
their belief to a foreign country to spread the word of God in order to, to do good by their Christian belief. So there was a mis missionary doctor, so he was a man not only trained in Western psychiatry and Western science, but he was also a fully qualified missionary, and his name was Dan Beach Bradley. So he went out to Thailand in 1835 to kind of talk about not only the, way, uh, the word of God, but also to talk about Western medicine. What's the diagnosis process like there? Well, I wanted to kind of build to that because I wanted to okay. focus a little bit about um, kind of like how it was perceived, because I think that's a bit more interesting okay. um, than how it is perceived now, because how it's perceived now is exactly the same way in how it's perceived in the UK, for example. If you're Brilliant. with, okay. for example, like, like a reasonable kind of group of people who've had access to education, who understand and who've had like, exposure to kind of these conditions, it's not like... You might hear, for example, in the press that, oh, mental health conditions are kind of like the child is just shunned and put into a corner and ignored. That's not something that occurs as regularly as people might perceive. Um, but that is, um, that is the case in um, a lot of countries in Africa. Um, yeah. Mental health is not the same as it's seen here. Um, mm. it's not re mental health is not really spoken about in um, African countries okay. mm. and we uh, have a lot of autistic children or children with um, AEN um, who are shunned and thrown out on the streets because people believe them to have evil spirits. Is that in the Congo Chris? Yeah so I'm from the, Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo and mm. I know that there's a lot we there's a lot of homeless children because of these um, the, the way people think really yeah i mean so the thing is it's like when we try and like as a thai scholar or someone like for example who studies thailand i try to analyze what's like fact and what's fiction and so like you do hear of those kind of horror stories of like people being ostracized or like an individual being pushed out of their family because they had a mental health condition but I don't, from like my perspective, like from my research and my experience of being in Thailand, like I didn't see that necessarily as the case. Like the students that I met who were the same age as me, a bit younger maybe, they would be like, oh, I have this mental health condition. Oh yeah, I'm autistic and I have ADHD. Or they would tell me that, oh, like I often feel like I'm quite isolated and introverted. And so I have to like, I have to pull away from my family and things like that. But like they also talked about their experiences in the sense that like when they said these things to their family and they were so scared to do so, they were so scared of being kind of like pushed away um, that they would actually realize that, oh no, the family are gonna be there for you. The family are gonna come together. They're gonna be supportive and they're going to be kind of like, they're gonna to want to understand what's going on. And this is because really like Thailand and I don't mean to attempt to kind of like make a comparison between like the Congo and Thailand. They're two different kettles of fish. It's like comparing apples and oranges. But because, for example, like there was this strong missionary presence and also that Western sci uh, science kind of like that psychiatric understanding that was taken out there, quite a lot of those original horror stories that you think that might occur were very quickly abolished. So kind of like you might hear, for example, in Thailand, oh, like Thai culture is it's this, it's polygamy, oh, it's slavery, it's gambling, it's da-da-da-da-da, and all of these are phrased in a negative, but quite a lot of that was abolished, and you can take away from, in your own mind, of like, whether or not you think that's a bad thing or a good thing, like, there are some people who like gambling, and there are some people who like poly polygamy, um, 
some people like getting drunk for example but like for me personally when like the missionaries encourage encourage people in positions of leadership to reconsider their approaches to slavery the people benefited so like traditionally as well like with mental health conditions often we'll think that talking therapies are like the best thing so we'll be like okay I'm gonna go and see my therapist and I'm gonna talk about a specific thing and we're gonna kind of identify like how I can communicate about my experience um, to my therapist so that I can improve my own situation. Some of the things that the Thais might have considered doing is because it's so ingrained into the cultural perspective of the country, they might have been like, well, actually, if you've got something going on in your head, it might be connected to one of your pressure points in the rest of your body. So they might do a particular form of massage to help alleviate the mental health condition that you're presenting yourself with. Oh, yeah, I, like so what, of- I like what you were saying about, you know, the pressure points. Whereas here in the UK, therapy, going to see psychiatrists, all these kind of things is what work for us. But mm-hmm. they do massages to do with pressure points and what else? Be that, or it might be, for example, going to uh, the temple. So it might be going to make merit and then thinking your way out individually of like the problem that you're experiencing. So meditation might have been used to attempt to calm the kind of maybe the demons inside of your head. And it was that pursuit like that's kind of ingrained in the, the religious practice that would have influenced the, the kind of process of the, the processes of resolving mental health conditions. Now, um, I do want to finish actually on one of the points um, is that like, Thailand isn't, um, so Thailand is quite modern and they do have access to the science that was introduced back in like 1852. Like they have, they do share, they have agreements with the United Kingdom, they share technology and they share best practices. But in Thailand, there are still about 3 million people that live with poor mental health and they do face stigma. So sometimes like I've shared with the younger generation, they will be taken in and they will be supported by their family and they will find resolutions to it, either through kind of getting support that they needed from the, the healthcare system. But there are still some people who don't have access to that support. They don't, they aren't able to afford it um, or the government, the government, excuse me, can't subsidize kind of the costs that are associated with that um, that treatment. And so you might still have in small pockets of the country, you might still have some of these less um, effective practices but I'm not in a position to measure like what's good and what's not but to me I always kind of resoundingly say that like scientific practices are the best one and massage doesn't really equate to that but then of course just bear in mind that I don't want to be sitting here and saying all of this as a white man uh, who is criticizing the country for that like the way that they have managed their mental health services Um, So I say it rather like kind of objectively as someone who's researched the country and not looking to kind of, uh, I suppose, paint the country in a particular manner. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Henry. That was so informative. And we have really loved, we've just learned so much, haven't we, Christelle, this week? It's been such a wide, varied guest this week. It's just unbelievable. We've we've ended up in Thailand. It's been all over, I tell you. Just so much. I'm going to have to listen back to all these podcasts one by one because there's just so much to absorb. But thank you, Henry, for coming to join us. Where can we find you on Instagram? Um, you can find me at at Woodland Henry. So please drop me a follow if you want. I talk a lot about Thailand. Um, I'm I like writing in Thai. So if you can read Thai, that's great as well. Um, and I think my final big shout out at the moment would be Stop the Asian Hate um, that might exist in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Um, so that's that's me. Yeah. So much, Henry. We love you. Love you too. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Mwah.